0: it's time for outside the box with lincoln stars head coach rocky russo and lincoln stars broadcaster joel norman on 93.7 The Ticket and ticketfm.com Good to be back with you chatting Lincoln Stars hockey here on Outside the Box, being brought to you by Raising Canes. I'm Joel Norman, joined by the head coach of the Lincoln Stars, Rocky Russo, and our first show in three weeks here, Rocky. A little bit busy in February, weren't we? 11 games in the shortest month of the year. Certainly added up, but nice to be back. How are you doing tonight? You know what's nice? these These new headphones that they got here. I like these. A little they're more comfortable. A little comfortable. more comfortable, yeah. They're good. They're you got good. a little bit of an upgrade here. I, have a
1: small, I don't have a big head, right? And with no hair, I uh, I don't get any cushion up top. So I, I like
0: these. <laughs> a nice change of pace here. And uh, we come back here as a, a busy weekend coming up for the Stars. Two home games. Nice to have some home games because it felt like there weren't a ton. I think it was only four in general in the month of February. But... This past Saturday was the first of now four consecutive games can be played at the Icebox. And this coming Friday is going to be a ton of fun. $2 night at the Icebox as Lincoln hosts Sioux City. So PBR, Bushlight, Mini Marks, Hot Dogs, and Popcorn are all $2 for that one. And then on Saturday, it's a Buddy Pass night as Seventh Star members have an extra ticket they can turn in to bring another fan, family member to the game. And. That one hardly needs any promotion either as the Waterloo Blackhawks come to town to take on the Stars. So, Rocky, a couple of exciting opponents. Should be a couple of fun nights getting into that stretch in the season. You know, the crowd's coming together, a lot of big games, and it should be a lot of fun here this weekend at the Icebox.
1: Yeah, we've got, is it college night on Friday? Is that what that's called? Yeah, $2 night, yeah. You know, we've had such great support from uh, the the Husker students and and the student-athletes as well. It's been awesome to have that kind of crossover grow in the last year and and that's a you know a lot to do with dp here and and three seven the ticket they've done such a good job of promoting the the stars and they obviously are are uh you know big supporters of of husker athletics so it was a natural kind of uh meld between the two and and uh i know that our guys are out supporting a lot of their athletics on uh Whenever they can, whether it be basketball, volleyball, and and uh, football in the in the fall, and and hopefully baseball coming up here in the spring, so it's uh, an exciting time.
0: Yeah, really exciting, and we're in that part of the season where things are getting. We're heading into the final two months today, the last day of February. We head into March and then April, and before we know it, we're going to be t- you know talking about postseason hockey really soon. But uh, right now, a big stretch here coming up for the stars. You guys have got this nice chance to. Get back into your rhythm, so to speak, after February. A couple three-game weekends, a Tuesday game in there. How nice is it to get back into that rhythm? Because I imagine after you spend a whole year getting used to that with guys, it's nice to reestablish it again.
1: Yeah, I mean, you play the schedule that uh, that you're dealt, and obviously we didn't come out of February the way that we had hoped, but, uh, you know, it's the it, for a 60-minute game, it always comes down to a couple plays, and I didn't think we played bad hockey in the last couple weeks, but... Uh, you know, we're, we're not burying enough chances. We're gripping the stick a little bit too tight. And, and uh, you know, I told the guys this morning when, when things are bad, they're never as bad as they seem. And when things are going good, they're never as, as good as you feel they are. So, you know, for us, it's just kind of getting refocused and, and looking forward to an opportunity to play in the box.
0: Yeah, it seems like, as you mentioned, it's just been a few stretches of some games, maybe a couple minutes, maybe a couple of bad hops that have really doomed the games. I think... You know, over the past six games, there's been a lot more good than bad with the Lincoln Stars, despite the results of those games. You agree?
1: Yeah, and you know, I obviously, you know, my job is to win hockey games, and and so I'm I'm not doing a great job right now. But uh, you know, we focus on our process and and uh, believe in our identity, and and we also believe that when you do things the right way for sixty minutes, you you tend to get the results that you want, and and I think the. You know, right now the message is we're doing things most of the time the right way. But when we make a mistake, it seems to get magnified when things aren't going well. And and, uh, and then you don't get the hops that that maybe you're getting when, when you're playing well and, and you're scoring. I mean, you know, we've run into some hot goalies, but we've done that to ourselves a little bit. We chip pucks in and we hit the referee. And, you know, it's it's just one of those things where you kind of can't buy a break when you're in a little bit of a skid. But I believe in the group and, and – uh, And the the character that's in that room I said that after the game on Saturday and I'll reiterate it now and and uh you know I look at a team like Madison uh they finished 500 last year and they made a run to the Clark Cup final and and so you know we're we're still very much in the mix we still sit in third place in the Western Conference we know we have a a big stretch of games here to end the season and and we want to do everything we can to put ourselves in good playoff position
0: Nice thing you talk about, looking for some bounces, looking for some momentum here coming up, is these home games. I think that's going to provide a lot of momentum because the Icebox has been a really tough place for everyone who's come to it to play. There hasn't been one game, I think, at the Icebox where we've said, you know, the Stars just were not at it here tonight. Maybe one, maybe if that. But in most every time, it's been a really tight game, and more often than not, the Stars have come out on top at home.
1: Yeah, we we always... You know we appreciate the opportunity to play in front of our fans we know what a great advantage that is and our crowds have been spectacular all year long that's a you know a, a tip of the hat to our front office staff for doing a great job of selling that and and in turn it's you know last year's team drew drew uh drummed up a lot of momentum for for our organization here in Lincoln things were down for a few years we're trending back in the right direction we're we're looking forward to another opportunity to to play in, in uh, postseason hockey here in, in Lincoln. And so, you know, we're not where we want to be, but we're heading in that direction, and, and that's exciting.
0: We're chanting Lincoln Stars Hockey here on 93.7, The Ticket. Of course, our show is always being brought to you by Raising Canes. Love to have you uh, jump in on the show with us here. Give us a call on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 402 464 5685, or text us on that same. Number, the sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. I'm Joel Norman, alongside the head coach of the Lincoln Stars, Rocky Russo. And Rocky, a phrase you use a lot when you talk about the Stars is that this is a process-driven organization. Well, explain to fans, peel back the curtain a bit here, when the Stars are operating at their peak efficiency, what does that process look like?
1: It's it's fast hockey. Uh, it's north-south hockey. It's... it's uh, details right our sticks are in the right place our angles are where they need to be we're defending with intent um you know we're we're not turning pucks over in the gray areas and when i say that i mean 5 feet on each side of both blue lines we're responsible and and we're hard to play against we're defending in transition we're finishing our checks we're capitalizing on our special teams and uh you know and and we make it difficult for our opponents and and when we get away from that even just a little bit then then you see some holes in our game and and uh that's always a challenge when you coach young men like this they you know they're talented and they want to make plays and and we want to give them the freedom to do that within the parameters of the way we want to play and it's not because I feel like I know better than anybody else or because my rules are the, the way they need to be it's because I know the the importance of all five guys being on the same page when they're on the ice and and it's a extremely challenging game to play when you're not communicating with each other during the course of your shift when when you're not running your routes and you're not doing the things that your other four guys on the ice expect you to do um, then then things get a little bit uh discombobulated and and so for us it's uh you know it's it's an up and down situation right now and and like I said we haven't been playing bad we really haven't okay. uh you know we lost you go all the way back to that Des Moines game we had over 50 shots we had a ton of chances we you know we were in their zone for like 28 minutes with puck possession, which is an insane number, and uh, and we only you know we score four three goals and, and have to score with the net empty just to get it to overtime. So, you know we we have to do a better job of burying our chances, and the guys know that. But that gets magnified when when things aren't going well. You're gripping the stick too tight. Uh, you don't bury the first one, and then the you know the the doubt starts to creep in a little bit and so right now for us it's just about keeping the guys in in a good mindset and letting them know that we are still the same team that that's 125 games this year that's had success in uh the the majority of the season and and we can continue to do so as long as we all buy in and and uh make sure that our culture and identity come first
0: there, there was a stretch earlier in the season when we were talking about, you know, we need to get more shots on goal. And that's something the Stars have done in recent weeks. In fact, over this winning streak, or excuse me, this this tough stretch here recently, it's I think five of the six games the Stars have outshot their opponent. But you were talking about this, about the quality of shots that they need to get, following up some of those shots as well. What, what's been some of the work done to improve on that here heading into this weekend?
1: Well, you know, you look at, like we looked at our shot chart, um, last Saturday and and uh we dominate the first period I think shots are 15-6 and they've got four great A's. we have won and and the majority of our shots came from above the tops of the circles so that's telling me that we're doing our job offensively in in the sense of we're we're winning battles down low we're getting pucks low to high and then and then we're not getting those second chances so either our forwards aren't getting to the net or they are getting to the net but they're not putting themselves in good positions so that's been, you know, something that uh, we've focused on early on in the week. We're going to continue to focus on, and uh, and then our transition defense has to get a little bit better. And and uh, that one is one that makes me want to pound my head against the wall because I know the the importance of defending in transition in the USHL. It's it's a, a an uphill climb if you're not willing to pick guys up coming back to your net, and and uh, you can go back in in the last six games and point at all the odd man rushes that we've given up and the amount of goals that we've given up in those particular situations. And that becomes frustrating. And and when the guys are not playing up to their, their expectations, then that's generally what you see is, is we're not, we're not working as hard back to our own net as we need to. And, and, uh, you know, despite the fact that we're sitting in third, I still believe that every team we play really gets up for us. And, and, uh, you know they they want to prove that they can beat the Lincoln Stars and and we have to find a way to to be ready on a, on a nightly basis to combat that
0: i think the exciting thing for fans despite the play uh, you know despite the results recently is you can see the determination of the players we saw that saturday uh, garman Yavash dropping the gloves it had been a while since the stars have been in a fight what did you, what did you take away from that seeing him do that and trying to make a difference there on a team he's been with for a couple of weeks
1: well you know that's that's part of why we brought uh Yavi and not to fight obviously but just because we knew that he was willing to under the right circumstances and the best part is is he you know he saw that that was a good time to to maybe go and um you know they were they were already short D and and he could fight one of their D and they they're both out for 15 minutes and so you know he takes that uh that opportunity and and it really got the crowd going and unfortunately we weren't able to capitalize on it which was disappointing but you know, you look at, at what happened in that game, you know, odd man rush off a bad bounce off the referee, uh, power play goal off of a, a perfectly defended pass that just the hop you get there. I mean, that that pass could be made a thousand times and that hop would never happen again. But, um, you know, I, I do think our guys are, for the most part, playing hard. And I do know that they want to win and I do know they're committed. It's just kind of getting through that, uh, that, that mental lull of, of okay, guys, we got to break through here and, and win one and get back in the the right column, and then we can move forward.
0: USHL, oh, let's go ahead, Harrison. Yeah, we got one from the text line here. Uh, number is 5195. Uh, this is a little on a brighter note. Your former assistant, Georgia Lewis, is working for Penn State now. Uh, do you stay in touch with him? And if so, how is the young man doing from Lois Offerman? <laughs>
1: well, since I know exactly who that's from, uh, and it's not Lois Offerman. I'm sure that's from uh, a fine young man named Harrison Gates. Oh. Um, Harrison probably hasn't talked to George, but I have. Uh, George is is doing fantastic. Uh, he loves coaching uh, college hockey in the Big Ten. Penn State's currently ranked 10th in the country. He's got uh, beautiful twins that are just recently turned nine they're months great. old. Uh, Frankie and Hudson. And they're doing fantastic. And I couldn't be prouder of George for uh, his uh, his opportunity there to step into uh, to college hockey, and and he's been a great addition to the Penn State program. And and you know George and I were were able to work together in Philadelphia, work together in Amarillo, and and then obviously work together here in Lincoln. And uh, you know he's a he's a very close friend of mine, and and somebody that uh, you know I, I do nothing but root for and and wish the best for. So I'm I'm really happy for George and what's going on there in State College.
0: Really fun to follow, guys. Not just the players, the coaches too. When they move on from the stars as well, and really cool to see the success that he's had. Uh, I imagine for you, that's something like that. It's probably cool to check on as well uh, to see how things were going there. But um, I mean, it's 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 neat. It's neat to keep an eye on these guys overall. I really enjoy it. And you know,
1: I-, I obviously I you know I I keep in touch with George. I even you know David Nyes, the assistant in Tri City, worked for me in in Amarillo and. Mm-hmm and we chat on occasion and, and, uh, I spend, a, you know, I get home from the games on Friday and Saturday night and, you know, I surf the, I surf the scores in our league and, and in the other junior leagues, but I make sure and check all the college scores and, and check to see how our guys, uh, whether the, the, be Lincoln stars alums or Amarillo Bulls alums, even back to now I'm probably, uh, most of my guys in, in Philly are seniors or, or uh or finishing up i've got a bunch of guys that are seniors this year that played for me in amarillo so just tracking their progress and seeing how they're doing and and getting to catch up with them on occasion i talked to some of the guys that uh that played here last year i talked to joe Lemay quite a bit i talked to, to dalton norris quite a bit and and i just check in with the other guys shoot them a text or they shoot me a text and more than anything i'm i'm watching from afar and just making sure that they're doing what they need and um shoot them a congratulatory message if they have a good game or if I see that maybe they're struggling a little bit try to give them a little bump and and let them know that uh that things are going to be okay and so um you know that's part of being a coach the the relationship doesn't end when they leave and that becomes a challenge because I've been doing this 18 years and it's hundreds of players and so it's it's hard to stay in touch with with all those guys but uh I always love to hear from them when when they reach out and and uh, you know now I've got guys married and with kids and uh, you know professionals and and some guys are coaching some guys are are working and everybody's doing wonderful and and that's very rewarding part of this process.
0: Yeah to see them grow in so many ways not just as hockey players but as human beings too I mean Rocky the hockey world is so large but I imagine you know for you it almost feels smaller because of that like you said you're many years you know with different types of guys in different types of situations
1: you know the the hockey world as much as you'd think that it's a big place is really small and uh it, it doesn't take long to to know somebody that knows somebody and and uh, I think that's what's so cool about this field is um you know everybody wants to to be a part of something bigger than themselves and this is the greatest game on earth as far as I'm concerned, and, and it's a privilege to be able to coach it, specifically here in, in Lincoln for the Stars, and, and uh, you know, you get to meet great people, and uh, <clears throat> you, you continue to develop those relationships, and, and uh, they're important to you as you move forward.
0: Yeah, really exciting to see stuff like that as well. We're chatting Lincoln Stars hockey here on 93.7 The Ticket, being brought to you by Raising Cane's. Just had a, a text in about former Stars assistant George Lewis. You can text us as well. Again, the starter Heyman text line 402-464-5685. As we mentioned, the Lincoln Stars with a couple of huge games coming up this weekend. Sioux City comes to town on Friday for $2 night, college night at the Icebox. Don't want to miss out on that one. And then on Saturday, Waterloo comes in for the first time uh, since last season in the postseason. So fans haven't had a chance to see Waterloo yet this season at the Icebox. Uh, that's a good team. They're right above the Stars in the standings, kind of within striking range. I kind of jump ahead of them if the Stars can get us some points here over the next few weeks. But um, boys, a lot of these teams have loaded up here. This is a tough, as we always expected to be, Rocky. This is a tough Western Conference, and I think we saw that in some of the trades this week as well.
1: Loaded up is an understatement. Uh, I mean, Waterloo was good at the beginning of the year, but they don't even they don't even resemble what they started with. I mean, between Matika and Caden Brown and Nate Benoit and and now Garrett Brown, I mean they they have added some huge, huge players to their to their lineup and um <clears throat> that's something that uh you know we we did try to make some additions and um you know ultimately there was certain situations that uh maybe there was a player available but the price tag was astronomical and, and uh you know the Alex Bump trade to Tri City was a, a perfect example of that. We you know I think Alex Bump is a great hockey player but um with nine goals on the sheet Going into the trade deadline It was hard to hard to give up seven or eight assets And, and Tri-City was able to do it Because they've been after this a lot longer than we have And they've got, you know, a, a bit of a stable Of uh, additional draft picks that they've collected over the years That uh, that they were able to use But, I mean, Waterloo has spent I don't know what they have left I don't know, like, the amount of draft picks they've given up And, and uh, you know potential returning players and and everything um they better win the clark cup this year because if they don't the the experiment was a massive failure and and uh i can't even imagine the the amount of pressure that that they feel right now with everything they've done and their team is loaded on paper but you know you've got to put it together and there's just one puck so you know there's an awful lot of guys there that want to play on the power play and quite honestly deserve to but uh you know, they're not going to get those chances, and, and then it comes to managing personalities and egos and getting everybody to buy in, and, and uh, that's a whole new set of circumstances that uh, that Matt's going to have to manage there, but, uh, you know, I'd, I'd welcome that problem, I guess, but, um, you know, we, we still believe, even though Fargo's added Mellenbacher and then Zamplant Plant today and, you know, we still believe that we can play with any team in this conference and, um, you know, but again, our margin of error is small because the, the talent on some of those teams is top to bottom is, is really, really impressive. So you've got to make sure and, and live that process and live that identity and, and not veer from it.
0: I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think for fans, though, when you look at the the teams, you've seen them make some moves, and you see the stars. The stars have—the roster has been remarkably consistent for the most part this season. I think that's a vote of confidence in the current group that's here. Am I right?
1: Yeah. I mean, we—you know, obviously we added Donnie, and he was a big addition to, to our D-Core. It was something that we felt that we needed, and he's been great since he's been here. We added German, but— um, you know, German was an important piece of of physicality and, and size that we felt we were missing up front. But with the exception of that, we haven't done a whole lot. Um, you know, we made the Carson Biden straight early on in the year, unfortunately kind of didn't pan out. Uh, Carson's an awesome kid and and he's having a lot of success now in North Iowa and and he's going to go to Princeton next year. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to work for him because he's going to play power play in the North American League for the rest of the year. But we haven't done much else besides that, and and uh, that's because we believe in the group that we picked out of training camp. And and uh, you know, I I I know that the 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 sexy thing to do is to make all these trades and to add all these pieces, but you know, it can easily backfire and you could spend all your assets and guys don't mesh in your locker room and, and your culture gets affected and, and then things don't work or, or it does work and you win a Clark cup and you're laughing and, and you're willing to say, Hey, like we're going to take it on the chin for a couple of years because we, we sold it all this year, but it's worth it because, because we won yeah. a championship. So, you know, that's, those are hard decisions that you have to make and you've got to really believe in your core group of guys that, that, uh, they're willing to accept somebody new into the room at this point in the year.
0: We talked a few weeks ago about some trades you did or didn't make in your previous parts of your career. Have you ever had a trade really backfire? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I wondered if there might've been one or two that maybe that was the case. Yeah.
1: You know what? Like you, 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 when you take the best player off of a bad team, sometimes it really works and sometimes it doesn't. And, and, uh, I remember a few years—well, more than a few years. Gosh, it was probably 15 years ago um, when I was in Youngstown. We traded for the leading scorer in the league, and he was playing on the last place team in our division. And he was just dynamite. He scored every night when when he played against us, and uh, and he came to Youngstown. And I think he had two points in 19 games. <laughs> he just couldn't—he couldn't figure it out. And and he's a great kid, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't that. It just—it didn't work. And, and, you know, you do what you, you hope you can do and you try to make the best decisions that you can. There's no foolproof answer. And the hard part is, is hindsight is, you know, you can certainly sit back after the fact and say, well, we should have done that, or we shouldn't have done this, or, you know, but, but in the moment you're trying to make the best decision that you can for the organization. You're evaluating everything, you know, about a player and, and where he fits and, and, uh, you know, there's always those, those things that you don't know, the, the variables that you're not going to find out until the kid walks through the door. And, and uh, you have to do your best to try to hope that, that you can make those things work. And, and uh, there's certainly times when it backfires on you.
0: What's the biggest challenge for a team who brings in a star player from a team near the bottom of the standings?
1: Well, you know, I mean, Waterloo brought in the Matika kid early. And and that was, you know, for them, you're getting value out of a guy if he's gonna play thirty, thirty some thirty five games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh he's a third round NHL draft pick, he's six three, he can skate, like you're gonna figure that one out probably, but well, if something um, really goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's it's like uh can they can they pick up on your systems quickly? Can they mesh in your culture? Can they Make friends right away. Can they get comfortable in a new billet house? And and there's a lot of maturity that that is necessary for a kid to make that adjustment quickly. And you know we've got that initial trade deadline, the USA Hockey trade deadline. That's February 6th. That buys you a few more weeks, probably six seven more games. If you make a trade yesterday, you're getting 15 games out of a kid, plus the playoffs. And and if it takes him five or six games to to uh, get comfortable and and he doesn't really score much and and then you don't really take it very far in the playoffs then are all those assets that you gave up and that returning player that you gave up really worth it at the end of the day and and uh you know we we made that trade last year we made that trade for killian keeker olsen and we traded away a really good player in christian kosis and now there were some other uh factors at play there that that made us make that deal but um you know, I think if if Nick and I could go back, we would make that deal again, and uh, not not because we wouldn't want Christian here. I love Christian. I thought he was a great kid, but um, Killian was a twenty year old. He was a, a veteran center that we needed. Um, he scored a big goal in Game Three of the of the the uh, first round playoff series. So you got your value out of a guy like like Killian, and and so if you are going to make a deal. You, you just hope that they're able to make the impact quickly because if they don't, then you're, you know, your fans are impatient and, and his teammates are impatient and that puts a tremendous amount of, of, of stress on a player.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the trades here, uh, Tyler Dunbar, who was acquired recently, he's going to be joining us here coming up. Adam Kleber as well. Just a couple of quick thoughts on them from their work this season, Rocky.
1: I mean, Klebs has been here since day one and, and uh, he's, he's a 16-year-old underager in this league and... Um, he's incredibly mature for his age. He's just scratching the surface of the, the ability that he has and and uh, I, I expect him to be a first or second round NHL draft pick and when it's time but uh, but he's been you know like any 16 year old um, dealing with the adjustment to junior hockey and, and doing a wonderful job of it and and uh, I just have so much respect for, for Klebs and and the way that he approaches it every day. Um, he's got a great dry personality that, that, uh, the guys love and, and, uh, he just comes to work every day. And, and with a, a young kid like that, you never know, you, are they going to be able to manage playing with guys that are three, four years older than them and being away from home for the first time, doing their high school online. Like there's, there's so many variables for a guy like him. And, and then Donnie, like Donnie played in Muskegon for so long and and he was he loved his billets. he told me that and he was really comfortable there and and uh, so making that change in your last year of junior before you go to college is a challenge. And some guys are so comfortable where they're at that that they don't want to step out of their comfort zone. but uh, you know he's been he's been a great addition to our group. He gives us flexibility on the back end um and uh you know we needed another left stick and and he brought that to the table and and he's reliable and responsible he makes good plays but more than anything like the the second he walked in the room he fit with the guys his personality's great he's super mature cuz he's played so long and um he just you know there was a there was a connection with him and our and our team right away and and you know it's funny he's only been here for i don't know a month maybe now but um feels like he's been here all
0: year, which uh, which is really cool and, and comfortable for the guys. Can't really put a price on that either. That's something that just doesn't usually come naturally. Well, we're excited to have them coming on here next. A pair of defensemen joining us. We'll take a quick break. This is Outside the Box being brought to you by Raising Canes on 93.7 The Ticket.